Welcome, welcome my friends to the Beggars and Brawlers podcast. This is episode number six, recorded January the 10th, 2021, in my cozy home studio. And today I've got another chapter of Daughter of Flood and Fury for you. Plus, at the end, a little insight into how you take an entire novel and boil it down into 10 sentences. All right, so let's get right to it. Here is chapter number three. It's a short one of Daughter of Flood and Fury, and I'll have a little extra tidbit for you after it's done. Three, my room is my refuge. It's hardly bigger than my bunk, just one in a long row of stone cells, but it's all mine. A water trough babbles along one side. A shelf on the other holds my books and robes and sandwiched between is my bed and about enough space to turn around in. It's glorious. I stretch out after washing, letting the cool night air blow in through my round window, fingers dangling in the trough. The temple makes its usual evening sounds in the water, comforting even if most of the people here despise me. It's the sound of home. Seers hold counseling sessions with supplicants from the city, Overseers discuss news and legal cases, and senior monks drone sunset chants from the altars on the cliff. Tonight, much of it revolves around the upcoming wedding. Narimes is marrying a Salem Dale woman, forging an alliance between Saray and the technocrats from the mountains to the north. As usual, discussions are weighted with innuendo and hidden agendas. That's usual since they killed my dad, anyway. The temple didn't used to be this political. It used to be about maintaining justice and guiding citizens and defending the city. Now it's all about who's in power and who wants to get there. I hate it, but I have to keep my ears open in case any of it spells danger for me. I haven't forgotten Erte's warning either, to be careful while he's gone. I hear nothing unusual. One by one the voices drift into sleep, thoughts blurring like a painting under waves. My mind doesn't want to stop working over the events of the day, but eventually I start to drift too. Something starts me up a while later. I can't tell how long, but the stars have moved in the sky. My fingers are still in the water. I've learned to monitor the temple even while I sleep. There, it comes again. A bird chirp, but in the water. I frown. That's a very strange thought, especially at this time of night. Most of the minds in the water are asleep, thoughts fuzzed, though there's some activity near the deepling pool downstream. Then I hear a voice, clear and steady. There are three forms of water, ice, liquid, and steam. Our power lies in knowing when to freeze, when to flow, and when to fly. It's distant, coming from far upstream, but I recognize the voice. It's Erte, reciting one of the basic proverbs of Ujaism. The chirps come again, like a little bird, his nickname for me. I sit up, and the words repeat. There are three forms of water, ice, liquid, and steam. Our power lies in knowing when to freeze, when to flow, and when to fly. To fly. I start up, pulling on my robe, grabbing my staff. There's some kind of trouble, whatever he was warning me to watch for. Maybe Meldon or Arjuna or a whole pack of them come to take revenge. It doesn't matter. My gut says run. The window is too small to fit through, but I can slip out the front. My water blind is perfect, even now. There'll be no way to hear me. I'll climb on the temple roof and wait till morning. 
The door slams open, sandwiching me against the wall. I shove back, but whoever's on the other side is too strong. Fear strikes hard and I take a deep breath, icing it with concentration. Time for that later. I slip from behind the door onto the bed, dropping into sleeting rain stance. It's like I thought. Erjuna's in front, four or five students behind him, mostly from his house. Meldon's there too, the prick. Erjuna attacks and I faint left, jabbing my staff forward into his throat. Without water connecting us, I can't read his thoughts ahead of time, but I hardly need to. Erjuna stumbles back choking and a bigger one pushes in. They're wearing boots. Oiled leather boots, impervious to water sight. And banned in the temple. Where did they get them? Fear twists in my gut. This is something more than a beating. Are they going to kill me? I ice the emotion again in steady breathing, setting this block of emotion next to the other, building a wall as we were trained to do. The big one lunges in, dropping his staff for fists. I jab my staff slow for his chest. He catches it, but that's what I wanted. I swing around on the staff, scissor-kicking both legs into his forehead. His head snaps back, but he doesn't stop, arms reaching for me. I jump back, feeling for the first time they may be too many for me. I've fought for it once, but that was with space, with the safety of Erte's gaze on us. Now there's nothing but... The water, of course! I kick a foot from my trough just as Erjuna shouts something. If I can get my thoughts in the water, drop my blind and let the temple know what's happening. A staff jabs in, knocking my ankle away. Then Big One has me by the leg, grinning, throwing me back onto the bed, away from the water. Floods. I fight, but the unhurt ones pile in, and panic starts to rise as their fists win out over my skill, their strength over my precision. I kick groins and clap ears and break Erjuna's nose, but eventually they have me pinned. Erjuna leans in, his voice nasal through the blood. Should have taken a fall, sister. He presses three fingers to my skull, diver's bind. Too late now. Awesome. So like I said, short and sweet, but things are going down in the story. <laughs> Next chapter is a big one. So for now, I thought I would tell you a little bit about the product blurb. The thing that you see on the back of the paperback, if you buy a paperback, or the thing that's on the Amazon description, if you're looking at the Amazon page, these are awful to write. If you have just written a novel and you put your heart and soul into it, it has so much detail and so complex and there's themes and you care about the characters. And then you got to take all of that and mash it down into just a few simple sentences that people are going to read and say, yeah, I want to buy that book. It's, at least for me, it's like pulling teeth. Some authors say they need to write them before they start the book, and I have not been wise enough to do that. So I've been spending off and on the last couple days just trying to write a blurb. And let me tell you, it's not very fun, but I have a few of them. So hopefully it sounds fun to you to hear these different versions that I have and, um, and see what you think. So the original one, this is one that I put in query letters, which is a thing that you send out to agents and editors when you're trying to get traditional publishers to publish your book, which isn't the direction I ended up going with this one, um, although it's a direction I've gone in the past. So, and those are a little bit more stiff and formal than what you're going to find, especially on Amazon or even on the back of a paperback. So uh, that one was, 
Alethea Viola is a walking heresy, a girl born with a man's magic. She studies among the city's revered monks only on the authority of her father, head seer of the temple. Already disliked for her gender and blasphemous magic, things fall apart when her father is deposed and murdered. Searching for answers to his sudden death, Alethea stays on at the temple only by being the best, and by burying her grief in the quest. It isn't enough. Enemies in her class bring her to the new head seer, who publicly sentences her to death while privately admitting he killed her father. Calling on those few loyal to her father, Alethea manages to escape, but finds herself alone in a hostile city, unsure how to survive and unable to hide her heritage. Hunted by the temple and darker elements in the city, to vindicate her father, she must first learn the lesson he couldn't teach her, how to find the strength in her difference. So that was the first one, and, you know, it's kind of formal, uh, it's kind of long compared to the rest of them, and I probably should have mentioned these will contain light spoilers for the book, but honestly, you are going to get them in any of these versions that I end up getting, and uh, that spoiler about how surprise, her father was murdered, is going to come out next chapter anyway, so I spoiled it, sorry, uh, not a big spoiler. So another one that I have been working on, uh, the book is written in first person, and I thought it would be cool to write one that's in first person. So this is one that I have put on the paperback on the back of it. Um, it's really strong, and anyway, check this one out, see what you think. Witch, heretic, traitor. They've whispered these names all my life, but now that my father's dead, they've started saying them to my face. The temple was made for men, they say. A girl with men's magic is an abomination. Too bad I'm the best abomination they've ever seen. And as long as I stay the best, they can't touch me, can't disappear me like they have all my father's allies, can't keep me from finding out the truth, because I know his death was no suicide. And if they try to stop me, I'll show them the true meaning of the word witch. So, <laughs> that's a pretty strong one. Then, I'm just going to give you two more. Uh, one is another one that I wrote in first person, um, and then there's a little story about that one. So, I was born a heresy. A girl with a man's magic in a city divided by gender, with monks facing off against witches. I trained with the monks only under my father's protection, head of the monastery rose to the top, despite everything said against me. Until he died. A suicide, they called it. Yeah, right. They killed him for his heresy. For me. My only hope to survive now is to find his killers before they come for me, to expose their lies as the real heresy. Because I might have been born a heresy, but I will live to be a hero. So, I thought that one was pretty good, and it really draws you in. But I got the advice that really these things are not written in first person very often. And I said, whatever, I don't care. And then I went and looked at a ton of books and read their blurbs. And I kind of had to say, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Apparently what people want to see is third person, even if the book is in first. Hunger Games, for instance, is in first person, but the blurb is in third. So I rewrote it and polished it and tightened it up. And I think this is the one that we're going to go with. But you'll have to check the actual product page to see what I did do. So here's the last one. Alethea was born a heresy, a girl with a man's magic in a city where monks and witches are mortal enemies. Training in her powers only under her father's protection, head of the monastery, she shocks everyone by becoming the best seer in generations. Until her father is murdered. A suicide, they call it. <laughs> 
but she knows the truth. He was murdered for his heresy. For her. Now she must make a harrowing choice. Disown everything her father stood for to stay alive, or flee the temple and seek to expose his killers, even as they track her down. It is no choice at all. She may have been born a heresy, but Alethea will live to be a hero. All right, so that's the one that I think I'm going with, and I actually uh, edited it just a little bit, even as I was talking to you. So anyway, that's the, the strange thing I've been wrapping my brain around for the last few days, because all of those are such a distillation and simplification of what the book is. But hopefully hearing them made you want to read it, and I apologize again for those slight spoilers. But like I said, you're going to find everything that this says out in the next chapter. So look for that episode coming soon. And uh, until then, be well, my friends, and read on. For more information on Levi Jacobs and his books, including the award-winning Tidecaller Chronicles, please visit www.levijacobs.com. Or for a free audiobook, only available to podcast listeners, go to www.levijacobs.com slash free. Thanks for listening, and read on. Thank you.